The Google Podcast app is going away in April. Right now, I want you to take a look at the podcast app you're using right now. Maybe it's time for a new one. Check out podcastapps.com and try a new one for free right now. That's podcastapps.com. Coffee with a friend is like capturing joy in a cup. Welcome to the Coffee with Jenny B podcast, hosted by Jenny B, a lover of all things coffee. Each week, Jenny will chat about connecting over coffee, what brings her joy, and everything in between. A lot can happen over coffee, so grab a cup, sit back, and enjoy. Now, here's your host, Jenny B. Hello and welcome to the show. Who remembers the Ouija board? For those of you who perhaps don't know what I'm talking about, it's a board that has letters and symbols and I think numbers. I'm not quite sure because it's been probably more than, I don't want to say how many years, but probably more than 40 years since I last had my fingers on an Ouija board. And so the whole idea of that is you're with your friends. And as teenagers, we love doing this. So you put your hands on the Ouija board or your fingers, actually, I should say. And then you are trying to talk to ghosts or spirits, or you're, you're posing a question about something. And then all of a sudden it seems to move and we don't know exactly how that worked because it was just a basically a wooden board and there was no mechanics there. It wasn't moving because of batteries. And so you had to believe that there were spirits in the room that caused it. And we would like either go like shriek or just, or laugh or, you know, kind of nervously giggle and wonder like what was going on. And of course we always did this in the dark at night and then we had candles lit everywhere because you know you needed that ambiance of the ooh spooky stuff. And I've always been very interested in the whole idea of spirits. I mean, Halloween, of course, is the perfect time and all Hallow's Eve when the ghosts are wandering and roaming the, the world and connecting with us. And I also love watching movies and hearing stories and you know everything about the spirit world. I'm going to talk about two movies actually that really bring up the whole idea of spirit world and and whether you believe it or not. The first one I want to talk about is the movie Ghost. Oh my gosh, if you haven't seen that movie, you know Patrick Swayze, Demi Moore, the scene where, you know, she's she's doing the clay and anyway the the purpose I I want to bring up that movie is that Whoopi Goldberg plays a a medium in this and you know, of course she's doing it to pretend that she knows stuff and trying to, you know, get people to pay money. But then she f- realizes that she can actually see dead people and, and they come in and they want to talk to her and they, they want to know what's going on with their life. And eventually, okay, spoiler alert, Patrick Swayze's character dies and Whoopi actually sees him and hears him. <laughs> and he wants her to help to bring his murderer to justice you know, and then he's able to flee. And that's the thing, you know, when you think about, is there a world between heaven and hell? But we'll get to that in a second. The other movie I want to talk about is The Sixth Sense. Now, if you haven't seen this movie, spoiler alert again, 
He's a child psychologist and the child that he is trying to help keeps telling him with the famous line, I see dead people. Now, when I first watched the movie, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And I don't find out until the very end that the Bruce Willis character is actually dead. He's the ghost and he's the one that the child sees. I know everybody was like, what? That's crazy. But that's what I love about these kind of movies. And and as I'm talking about this, I'm getting goosebumps on my arms as I'm thinking about the spirits. So obviously, obviously there are some friendly spirits here with me. But speaking of friendly spirits, my guest today is someone who is going to talk about everything in terms of, you know, spirits and talking to dead people, or maybe not necessarily talking to them, but knowing that they are there with you. Her name is Christine Colwell, and she is a certified energy practitioner, teacher, and medium who is also a finance and accounting professional. Christine's passion is integrating and teaching a variety of energy healing modalities and how to apply these in everyday life and traditional medical therapies. Over the past 26 years, Christine has become certified in a variety of modalities and her passion lies in working with angelic realms and as a conduit for healing energy, messages, and information messages and information from the spirit world. (laughs) Christine is also part owner of Energy Oasis Wellness Therapy, which offers integrated energy therapy, mediumship, Akashic soul readings. And she's also a part owner with my real good friend, Irene Wagner. Please help me welcome Christine. Hey, Christine. Hi, thanks for having me, Jenny. You're welcome. We actually had a a medium reading too, actually. And we'll talk about that in a second. But I was just so, I don't know, blown away by the whole experience because I I had never done that before. And uh, I wanted to get you on my podcast to talk about it because, well, first of all, I find it very fascinating. And I love the idea of the, the whole, like the energy healing and it's more than just the physical. Can I say it's sort of metaphysical in a sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So tell us, how did you get involved with energy healing and mediumship and and the whole ball of wax? Well, it's interesting because ever since I was a child, I always knew I had different kind of senses than most people. I grew up in a family that was very traditional and the beliefs within our family were when you passed away, you either went to heaven or you went to hell. And there was no in between. There wasn't a lot of beliefs in, you know, extra senses, mediumship, psychic abilities, very much thought as hocus pocus. So I kept a lot of that to myself growing up. The few times I did say things, it was kind of brushed off. I didn't really want to know anything more. And I shut it down. Uh, Probably right into about my mid-20s. And things would still happen. I'd still see things. I'd hear things. I'd hear voices, but I'd dismiss them. Um, I didn't want to think I was a little crazy. (laughs) And then, you know, I did the traditional thing. I got married. I had children. And having children seemed to really trigger all my senses. I now understand that's an equation of when you have children, you have heart openings. 
Um, you bring in a lot more love into your world because you have this innocent child that has grown with you and uh, it triggers a lot of unconditional love. So it really opened all my senses again and um, it kind of unbalanced me for a little while. And then um, I had a big shift in my life around the year 2000 and um, I was struggling um, wanting to know, is that is this all there is? There must be more to life. And um, I was going to different churches, and I went to an evening um, at the United Church, an evening of the healing arts. And every evening they did a different type of healing art. And the one night an individual came and spoke about Reiki, which is an energetic healing modality. And um, this person had been in a bad accident and had... Uh, you know, gone through traditional therapies to recover, said they'd never walk again, started working with a Reiki uh, teacher, and um, she was standing in front of us, walking, talking, fully functional. And she really accredited a lot of it to the Reiki energy. In my group, there happened to be a uh, individual who was a Reiki teacher. She was my age. And after I approached her and said, hey, can you tell me more about this? Got to know each other. She ended up teaching me the modalities, and it just kind of went from there. It all started falling together after that. It made sense. So a lot of the things I'd always experienced, known, felt like I always knew when things were going to happen. I always knew a lot of things ahead of time. I never felt surprised. I always knew when I was going to get proposed to. I just knew things. There was really difficult. I used to think like, I'm never surprised because I just know it's coming. So it was kind of nice. It confirmed that I wasn't really a little loopy or, you know, had split personality or anything like that, <laughs> that this was real. Um, what I was experiencing was real. And I just was born uh, very sensitive. And it's very easy for me to connect to different types of realms and realities that are around us every day that, you know, you don't always see with your, you know, your regular eyesight. Audio is a very big thing for me. You know, I'm, my audio is really strong. I hear a lot of things, always have. So that's how it kind of started. And then I just kept exploring more. My thirst for knowledge is very strong. I'm a huge avid reader. I love this stuff. I cannot tell you how much I love this stuff. And the more I learn and the more I grow, the more I love it. It's just a beautiful, magical world. Wow. That's amazing, Christine, because just the idea of, of, of you knowing ahead of time when something's going to happen, you know, and, and me referencing the movie, The Sixth Sense. I mean, that's what it is basically is, is that sixth sense, that little kind of niggling thought or this idea, or I don't know, they, they call it ESP, I guess, but it makes a lot of sense because, sorry, I was going to say, I don't think I have the sixth sense, but I think all of us have it in some way or of another. It's more or less um, perhaps understanding or believing in it. I want to reference another movie, if that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> another movie that I really enjoy. It's a, it's a black and white movie with uh, Rex Harrison. And oh my gosh, um, I forget the actress's name, but the movie is called The Ghost and Mrs. Muir. 
and she's a widow with a little girl and her um, companion is is Martha her I guess you would call her maid but anyway they um, they buy this um, seaside place and uh, of course Rex Harrison is the ghost he's a captain that crashed on the shores uh, by that house and I think it was his house actually and so she ends up first of all hearing his voice and then he appears to her and then they have this you know relationship you know as as much as a ghost and a real human can but then after a while she gets involved with someone and she stops believing in him or stops seeing him and so then he makes sure that he disappears from her and that it was just a dream but when we think about dreams for a second you know things that come into our dreams that are giving us something that you know sometimes dreams are just a jumble of things and i know there are books that you can you know look and find out, okay, so what did that dream mean? And what is it, what's going to happen for me? But there's just so much we don't understand and so much that, you know, we can't explain away. And I can appreciate how you as a young girl, realizing that you are experiencing these things. And then of course, when you tried to talk to somebody, they're like, you know, there's something wrong with you. And and so you quickly learn, okay, I'm not going to talk to anybody about this because they're going to think I'm crazy. But when you first discovered that as a child, like, were you scared? Were you like, oh, yeah, I understand now? Or were you just curious? I think for me, it was at first, I thought this was normal. Everybody was this way. And then as I would sort of say things, people would kind of look at me or go, no, I don't understand that. I would often wake up at night and I would see spirits beside my bed. I never felt afraid of them. It didn't startle me. It felt just natural. Like they're just there, just like my mom and dad are in the next room. They're around us all the time. I just knew that. So it wasn't startling. I played with Ouija boards as well, just like you and many other. And, you know, my own children did too. I will put a little hashtag warning to be very careful with that though. There's a lot of different types of spirits that are around us. Most of them are very loving and and are there for our best interests, but there are some out there who like to play games. So you need to be a little cautious. So just a little hashtag warning there. (laughs) It didn't last long because there were a few things that happened after I played with the Ouija board that startled me. Um, You know, things would go missing in my room or things would get moved around, that sort of thing. And then I would shut it down. But those things always continued around me. Even when my children were growing up, they would experience things in the house and it would scare them. And I'd have to explain, well, it's okay. You know, there's just, there's other things around us that are not here to harm you or hurt you. Think of them like angels. And it's like, God, they're just here. They just love you, but they want to make their presence known. So, you know, they may move things around or make things disappear. That happened quite a bit to the point where I met, when I met my husband that I have now, I met him 10 years ago on our third date. I had to come out and say like, look, if you're going to date me, you have to be prepared. Whoever comes close to me in my life, these kinds of things start to happen. And I don't want you to feel startled if it does happen to you. Uh, when you're with me or in my world. Um, And if it makes you uncomfortable, that's okay. You know, we'll just end it here. (laughs) And he was totally fine with it. 
But sure enough, um, things started happening. And it was it was kind of funny. We laugh about it a lot now. So you don't have to be a believer. Just sort of going back to, does everybody have these senses? Absolutely. Absolutely. I am a true believer. Anyone can be a medium. Anyone that really wants to do this type of work and has a passion for it or an interest, you can learn. I've seen such a tremendous growth in this area, especially since COVID. You go online, Facebook and Google mediumship groups. Oh my gosh, there's thousands of people interested in this and a lot of teachers out there about it. So, you know, it is something that if you're interested, you definitely can. They're like your extra senses, like your, uh, your, your extra psychic senses, your sight, your um, sense of feeling, your knowing, they're like muscles. It's like we have to go to the gym to build our muscles, to keep them toned, to keep them strength. It's the same type of thing. All it is, it's a muscle that isn't developed, you know, and anyone can develop these muscles. And the beautiful thing is once you start developing these types of senses and you're using it, whether it's through mediumship and you're, you're helping people through group periods of grieving, which is essentially a healing process, or you're helping people find clarity in um, a troubled time in their life which we can use with our energy healing modalities. You know, if you're having a physical illness, the energy healing modalities work. No matter what the sense is, you can develop it and utilize it. And there are many skilled teachers out there um, who not only teach us and use it in a regular practice. I've used it my whole life. I work in a regular nine-to-five business job. I use these modalities every day all day long in my work. I mean, I don't come to work and say, hey, you know what, your dad's standing beside you. (laughs) He's got a message for you. I don't do that sort of thing. But there are other ways you can communicate with the other side to help somebody if you see them struggling in your workplace with something, you know, and being sensitive and having a sense of knowing. I generally, without even trying to pry, I don't want to pry or even really know. It just comes to me. You know, and then I'm kind of guided to do whatever I can at that point through my regular job. And um, my business partners are the same. And this is something that uh, we're very passionate with with our business and why we've decided to formalize this and put this out here is to let people know this is normal. There's nothing wrong with you. And you can use this in your everyday life. You don't have to quit your job and do this type of thing. You can do it for fun. You can do it for your friends and family. But you know what you're doing? You're bringing people healing. You're bringing peace. You're bringing in the energy of love. And I mean, my gosh, look around in our world today. Don't we need more of that? I mean, it's so needed out there. And that is really why we do this, you know. It's we're just so passionate about that. It's just we want to be there to help people and help them learn that, you know, you can use this in your normal everyday life. This isn't just woo woo (laughs) or, you know, hocus pocus. We're not sitting down with a crystal ball. You know what I mean? We're very ethical. We're very like an energy oasis. One of our primary foundations is based on ethics. We've been very careful and selective with who we we take on as teachers to learn modalities and we adopt 
ethics that way. So we're not here to give, you know, negative predictions about your life or you're going to die or anything like that. We do not do not practice anything of that nature. We strictly work with a much higher energetic healing realm. And that's where sort of with me, the angelic realm comes in. Wow. Okay. So you've packed a lot of information. (laughs) It's absolutely wonderful. And I love hearing all about it. I want to touch base on what you mentioned. First of all, you talked about that, you know, not all spirits are good spirits, you know, definitely evil spirits. Of course, we know there's evil spirits out there because why else would there be such evil people? You know, obviously they they have to be listening to somebody. You know, I think about, you know, the good angel on one shoulder and the bad angel on the other one. And sometimes, you know, you're not sure who you should listen to. But I want to touch on what you were saying about the fact that you are ethical about what you're doing, because I can imagine that there were probably a lot of charlatans. I love that word. It's such an old fashioned word. The ones that um, are basically fake and are going to tell you what you need to know. And the reason I mentioned that is I was telling my girlfriend about our experience with my reading, like your, your mediumship reading with me. And I was able to talk to, well, first of all, it was my, my mom and dad and then my sister, but I was telling her about this and I was like, you should get it done. And she mentioned it to her husband and he said, um, and he pulled out his phone and he looked and he says, okay, here's Facebook. Here's all your information on Facebook. Anybody who wants to go on there is going to find out about you. And they're going to tell you stuff that they, they've learned about you. And you're going to think like, oh my gosh, it's magic. So he's definitely a non-believer, but there are certain things that you cannot explain away. You just absolutely cannot explain away. And that's how you then know that someone is reading into who you are. I remember now this is going back almost 40 years now when I was first, when I first left my husband, my first husband, and we were divorced and a girlfriend of mine uh, at the time, there's a guy, I want to say David, maybe was doing tarot card readings. And my girlfriend and I went to see him just for fun. Like we had a drink and he was doing these card readings. And then he said to me, I see a death in your life. And then he said, it's not a physical death. He says, but it's a death of a relationship. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm just divorced. So how did he know that? And then he mentioned that I had two children. I mean, that's a lucky guess. Most women might have two children, but then he you know, said boy and girl. And then he said a bunch of other stuff. And I'm like, okay, so this is not kind of hocus pocus. And it's kind of eerie about some of the stuff that he was pulling out just by pulling cards. Now, the thing is, is that with tarot cards and I guess angel cards as well, is you are the one that is shuffling the cards, right? So it's your energy that is going into the cards and the person, the, you know, tarot card reader, the, the medium, the, you know, whoever is then pulling out the cards, you're the ones that made it happen. It's not that they made things appear. And so I found that really interesting. And, and I'm glad that you explained about the idea that there are ethics involved that, you know, you would never tell anybody that something bad was going to happen because why would you do that? If it's going to happen, it's going to happen, you know, and, and you can't stop some things from happening because if you change in, in my opinion, I guess, or, or thoughts that if I knew I was going to 
be hit by a bus today and I decided not to get out, what's to say that, you know, that's my destiny that I'm going to get, I'm going to die right away anyway. So whether it's hit by a bus or another way, but there's, there's no point in telling us the bad stuff. I mean, good stuff is good, right? Because you want to know the good stuff, but sometimes you just can't get everything. Before we continue, I just want to mention something really cool. So I was at a, a, a function and Irene was there and uh, we were, it was a get together for people that we worked with many years ago. And then as I, as we were getting t- ready to leave, Irene put her hand on someone's arm and said that she could read his energy and said something or other. And then I said to her, I says, oh, I said, can you tell me what's going on with me? So she put her hand on my arm and she said, yep, your energy's Okay. She says, but there's something special. There's something special that's going to happen in a couple of months. And that, again, goosebumps, I'm, I'm feeling it right now because in the reading that I had with you about my mom saying that there was this package, this this present of something that's coming in a couple of months. So I don't know. I just, I, something, something big, something wonderful is going to happen. And I I just don't know what it is. And I can't wait to find out. (laughs) (laughs) And that is the fun stuff. It's interesting when we do mediumship and when we're talking about those kinds of readings, what we do is called evidential mediumship. So when we connect with a spirit of a loved one, because your love for the people on the other side is our link. We're like a telephone operator. So when we connect with them, what we do at the first point is try to get evidence to identify them. So when we pass on, our body may fade, but our our spirit and our soul continues on. And same with that person's personality and all their memories of their life in that life. So we'll search for pieces of evidence to identify who we have. And that's sort of where that link comes in that is this information we could find on Facebook or on the internet, you know, and that's the information we look for is that specific kind of information that we would not get anywhere else. And then we know for sure what our link is. And the whole thing with the gift, you know, I had totally forgotten about that. And I think the last time we spoke, you had mentioned that. And I went, did I say that? Because, and then I'm like, oh, maybe, oh, yes, maybe I did. Because you don't remember as an operator, you're just, the information is just passing through you. It's not information for me to keep, right? So you remember tidbits. And then um, when you mentioned this about Irene saying, I'm like, well, that's, I'm not surprised. (laughs) Irene and I have had, you know, overlap clients and, you know, friends of mine, I refer to Irene or my other girlfriend, Karen, who's also in our business um, because we don't do for our family for readings and that because you know too much about their life, right? And it's very difficult. It's like, did I know that? Or is that their spirit? Like, so it's really good to read for someone you don't know because then you know for sure what you're getting is exceptionally accurate. So it's funny she says that. So I'm very curious to see what the gift is. And, you know, it could be something so um, so simple but so meaningful. And that's the thing I love about spirit is they package things in these beautiful deliveries. And then when it unfolds, it's like, it could be the most beautiful gift in the world. It could be, you know, 
maybe you've got another grandchild coming. It could be something, not saying that that's a prediction, Jenny, because it's not, but I'm just saying like that it could be something as beautiful and simple as that, you know? So you never really know what, what they're going to come back with. No, you're absolutely right. And when they say gift, I mean, you're not expecting something big and grandiose, although it could be that it, it could be a number of different things that, or, or something that I didn't see coming in a million years. And all of a sudden here it is. And it's like, oh my gosh, who you're like, who knew? Right. And it's like opportunities, you know, and, and I want to go back to what you were saying about the angel realm. Okay. Because there are angel cards that are different than tarot cards. And you actually referenced, so when we had our last uh, mediumship reading, I remember before we started, you asked me how I was doing. And I said, oh, I said, you know, I uh, hyperextended my left knee and it's really sore. And I had just done that. And you kind of smiled and you said, well, I think it was Angel, was it Gabriel? Uh, Raphael. Raphael. Okay. So you said that actually the angel Raphael told you that I had some, I don't know if you necessarily said knee issues, but there was something wrong and that he was an angel of healing. And I thought, okay, that's interesting. And when we think about angels, you know, you also mentioned that there are angels all around us. And I'm going to reference another movie. I know. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. I love, you know, I'm a movie buff and and I love knowledge and, and trivia about movies. So it's a wonderful life. It's actually one of my favorite Christmas movies. I've seen it every year since I can remember, but it's, you know, Clarence, the angel drops in and he's helping George and nobody else, of course, can see Clarence and George can't believe that Clarence is an angel because he's not, he's not believing, but then believes at the end. And it's funny because when we were, we were kind of chatting about a couple of things, my last episode is it, it was exactly after editing and so on, exactly 44 minutes and 44 seconds. Now, the significance of that is that in numerology, the number four is my birth date. So there's a number of different ways in numerology that you can take your name and your birth date. So you add up all your numbers of your birth date. So month, day, year, and then you add them, keep adding them together until you get like one digit. And then that digit is your number. And so the four is mine. And four has some significance uh, and, you know, not surprising because in my last episode, I was talking about all the personality tests that you can take to find out more about who you are inside on a deeper level. And four checks off all the boxes of everything, every single personality test that I've taken, even with my horoscope, it explains partly, not everything, but really sort of a core of who I am. So it's like, yep, I'm not surprised because, you know, and I know people say, oh, personality test, you know, that's just a bunch, like you were saying, woo woo. And, you know, that doesn't mean anything, but yeah, actually it does. It's really pulling out the essence of who you are. And, and so I find that very interesting. It is. And, you know, with numerology, um, that number four that you broke down to um, is that's your, your life path number. And that's your life path number of building. Four is like a building block. You know, when you think about it, you build a house, there's four corners in the square, right? And the four, four, fours, because 
numbers have always spoken to me as well. Um, since I was a child, I see repetitive numbers everywhere. When I know there's a change coming in my life, I will see 555s, 999s everywhere I look. And like they've been that way my whole life. Hence, you know, here I am in finance and accounting, big shock. <laughs> but 444 means the angels are speaking to you. They want your attention. So when you reached out to me about the podcast and you had mentioned about the 444, I had to laugh because that was their sign. Here's your next one. And that was them talking to you. And here we are. I got the shivers too now. <laughs> There's a lot of help here in the room, in both sides. Oh my gosh. And, I, and I'm still getting goosebumps. Oh my God, it's crazy. And, and it's not even cold in here. That's the angelics that are here today helping with us, helping us here. In regards to Raphael with your knee, I clearly remember that because before I do any type of sessions, I take time and I sit down and, you know, I center myself and open myself up um, because with medium and shuff stuff to carry on in life, you have to have very clear boundaries with the spirit world or you will be like Whoopi Goldberg. Well, they will be at you all the time and there'll be thousands. And that is that is actual true to life. So you have to have very strong boundaries and know how to put the switch on and the switch off. So um, before I do any kind of work, I sit down with myself. I open myself up. I am very specific of who I invite in. And I always invite in the angelics because then you know you're dealing with the highest realms because they're really the next to God or creator source, you know, whatever your beliefs are they are very high up in the realm. So you know you're going to get very pure energy. And I remember that because I remember Raphael coming in saying, you need to do a bit of healing with Jenny before you go for your reading. And I did a little bit of energy healing through the distance. And, you know, as soon as you came on, you could, I could feel it in my knee, right? So, you know, those are sort of the things that happen. And we'll talk about your knee after the episode. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I think back to, you know, like I was mentioning, you know, how I was always fascinated with sort of the spirit world and, you know, anything to do with Halloween and, and you know, all of that and, and explains why I was drawn to, there's a, a series called um, Grimm. So, of course, it was based on the Brothers Grimm. And, uh, you know, it's a fairy tale where these brothers, they, uh, I think it was German, German fable, if I'm not mistaken, where they would see um, uh, beasts and um, it was their job that they had to kill these beasts. And, and that, and they, they weren't like wild beasts, like animals, but they were beasts that, you know, were evil. And anyway, so I loved, I loved, I loved watching the series Grimm where the main character could see that, you know, people would be walking down the street and they would, they would morph into these different kinds of beasts. And so, he didn't understand what was going on. And then he realized that that was his destiny, that that was his his role, that he had to rid the world of these beasts. But not all beasts were evil. There were ones that he could then work with that were maybe at one time their lineage was that they had to be evil, but they decided that, nope, I'm choosing to go on the path of good. But again, it gets back to that sense of, you know, we have the the good and the evil that are in all of us. You know, and maybe evil is too strong of a word, but you know, when you think about ethics and morals, you know, you think about, well, it's not illegal, but it's sort of unethical. But you know, you know, deep down inside that you're doing something that is wrong, but you're still going to do it versus 
taking the stance that no, I need to do what's what's right and taking that right path. And so you're talking about the boundaries. Absolutely. You know, you need to give your own sense of boundaries in terms of I'm not going to go down that path. I'm going to continue down this path. And I so I find it everything's so interconnected. It's just amazing. It is very interconnected. It's just sort of going back to boundaries. And when you're talking with spirit or you're working with um, energy modalities, um, again, you have to be very uh, selective of who you're working with um, and and kind of know their background, their experience. Um, what, what are their ethics? You know, you can look at a lot of... Uh, business websites that do spiritual, do they have a code ethics? Our website is currently being built and will be up and running in the next uh, couple of weeks. And we have a whole page dedicated to ethics. Um, Just because for us, I feel we, not just me, but we all feel this is a very um, important piece of having it. Um, Just going back to sort of, you know, the spirits and, Halloween. I love Halloween. It is hands down my favorite. Next is Christmas, but Halloween is my favorite. I'm, I've always been the one who hangs the ghosts in the trees and decorates, even though my children are all grown and have their own homes. <laughs> I'm still that mom that does that. I absolutely love it. It's a lot of fun. During that period of time, the way it's spoken about in spiritual communities is the veil thins. So the way they explain it is there's a veil between our world and that next world, which is the astral realm is what they call it in spirit terminology. So the veil thins. So you get a little bit more of that spooky sense, right? Of you can see through the veil. You go back to pagan times. There was a lot of witchcraft and uh, blessings and all kinds of things during those periods of time. It is a fun period of time. It's a period of time to be uh, a little careful if you are hypersensitive. So just to talk a little bit about spirits on the other side, you know, when we pass and we transition, the vast majority of people um, will transition and I mean, what really happens is like you see in the movies, there is a light and you go into the light. And what that is, is that you, that's your piece of the soul that is here now is moving back home with the bigger part of your soul. And they're going home with God. And there's a whole process that happens there. And then once they have transitioned over, um, they can come back. And this is where they can come back and talk to you. Sometimes you'll have family members that come up and they will act as your personal guides for the rest of your life. Some of them just come and they see things that happened in life and maybe how it made you feel, but they were unaware of it at the time. And they want to come and bring messages of healing and let you know that, that, you know, they're sorry. I get a lot of that. They're sorry. They want to make amends. They want you to feel better. Again, it all comes back to that, that healing, you know, but then there are spirits and they cross over and they're, they're in that astral realm and they see the light and they go, no, I'm not going. I'm not ready yet. I need to stay here with this person, you know, or maybe it was a quick, passing, like they were in an automobile accident and they were just gone in an instant and they wake up and they're very disoriented and that happens. And they can't really see the other, other 
uh, helpers that are there to help guide them to the light. They're very confused and they don't see it. And then they're kind of lost in that realm and they're searching. They're searching for someone to help them. Um, I've had a lot of those. I call them lost souls. Um, I've had lots of them come through to me um, in times when I'm a little more open. My boundaries aren't so strong. For some reason, they show up. Um, I help them cross over to go back home with God. Um, you know, that those are the kinds of spirits that, you know, a lot of times they're just reaching out for help. And then there are the ones that cross over and go, no, I'm going to stay here. And, and they just like to have shenanigans. And wreak a little bit of havoc, party a bit, you know, kind of play scary. And, and you know, I try to not use the word evil because I'm not a big believer, believer in scaring people because these are things that are unseen. However, you just have to be wary that sometimes they just, they're playing games and that's what it is. And then there's all kinds of different levels, right? I mean, the truth of the matter is we're all part of a God creator source. It's like we're all part of an ocean and we're all the little sort of raindrops in the ocean. And then these little raindrops, they come to earth as and incarnate as humans. And we have these experiences through life and they're experiences to help us grow and learn and evolve. And that's all part of the evolution of the soul. And we love it. We forget about what it's like being home with God. We forget about all the other stuff. It's a big playground. It's a big game. And we enjoy it. But then we start, some of us start to wake up and go, oh, okay. (laughs) There is a little bit more. So there's this whole aspect of how big of a picture it is when you're going to the other side. And again, ethics, 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 like going back and saying to somebody, you're going to be in an accident in three months. What's like, if I said that to you, Jenny, what would you do for the next three months? Would you not be on the edge of your seat thinking, oh my God, am I going to die? Am I going to break my arm? Am I going to break my leg? What's going to happen? And it literally will become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Whereas that could be one of 15 potentials that could happen in the next three months for you. That doesn't mean that's the path that's going to unfold. So, no, why would you? You want to take the potential that's going to lead us, lead you to the highest and best outcome of where you're going to. That's going to bring you the most joy, the most growth, the most happiness, because that's what life is supposed to be about. And we've kind of lost our way a little bit. You know, we've lost our way in in being wounded and hurt. And in order to find our way back to all that peaceful joy, happiness, we need to heal. We need to, you know, find our way through grief. We need to find our way through illnesses. And then you release a lot of things that maybe you're harboring that you don't even know are there. You know, and that's where, like, the energy modalities we specialize in, you know, the Reiki, the integrated energy, um, the readings we do, they're all different types of readings, but they're all about healing, you know, and they're all about getting you to that next step in your life and getting you back into a place where you're feeling good and you're embracing life and loving it again.
Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. I've been a big believer in energy because, of course, uh, me being a generator in human design, it's all energy. And that's what I, that's what I thrive on. And, and sometimes, you know, I've been called the energizer bunny so many times in my life because I can just go, 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 go. And, and even when, even when it's really hard, you know, like if I'm, if I'm working on an event and there's, there's stuff going on, I'm not the one to give up. I just like dig deep and it's like, okay, where is that, where is that store of energy that I know is there? And I have to, I have to dig it out and I have to keep going. And then when it's done, it's like, I'm depleted and like energy is gone and I find sometimes for myself that when I'm feeling that my energy is low, I become a hermit. You know, I, I kind of retreat into myself and allow myself that time to heal whatever that is. But but sometimes it's not enough, you know. Sometimes you're you're just in this funk. And I and it's funny, I was um I was on Facebook the other day and I was going through, you know, different accounts and so many people were talking about how they're in a funk, how they're feeling low, how they're feeling depressed, how they're, and I mean, there's a variety of reasons, you know, you're, you might be a mom with kids and working or they're, you know, it's just the the universe or whatever's going on. Everybody has their own reasons why they're feeling that, that sense of, of being low, but maybe that energy that they're feeling is that they perhaps are feeling a little lost and, when you're lost, you need someone to find you and guide you back. And so that's where I, I see your energy healings, you know, and angel angel readings and so on is bringing us back or giving us or showing us the light, not the light to go to heaven, but, but the light to find our path, you know, that, you know, it, it's, it's just, uh, it's just fascinating to think about that is, is something that can help us, but you have to, I don't know if I want to say you have to believe, but you want to believe that there is a way out. Yeah. And, and that's exactly it. It's like, you know, you get to a point in your life and you're, you're feeling a little stuck or maybe you're in depression. Like I've walked through that. I know what that's like. Um, you need someone to reach in and sort of say, Hey, here's my hand. Let me show you a few things. And sometimes that is the icing on the cake of the package that you're already dealing with. So if you're doing traditional medical therapies, which I am a huge fan of, you can take these modalities and add to it to round out the healing. And that's what's happening. It's like putting it in a package, you know, and that's where our traditional Western society does not fully accept yet or integrate it completely into the importance of having it. We have chiropractic services, we have acupuncture, we have reflexology. They all work with meridians in the body. Can you see those meridians? No, this is the same. It's the same concept. It's the same concept. 
They're, they really are there. And you can, you can have people who are sensitive and specialized in it that can work with it. Just like some people can be an acupuncturist. I couldn't do that because I'm terrified needles, but, <laughs> but it's the same concept, right? So with traditional medical therapies, you know, um, I've had uh, clients who have been going through chemo and they come for, you know, Reiki and energy treatments and it just helps rebalance them and helps them um, bring up sort of maybe thoughts and beliefs that they have stored inside themselves that they don't even really know that no longer serve them anymore. And we can bring them up to the surface, let them go and put in ones that maybe are of a better mindset for them moving forward. You know, you see that happen with a lot of things in Canada. First of all, with Reiki, it is quite practiced and well-known in the States. Uh, A lot of hospitals incorporate it Um, here in Canada. Two of our provinces now have it recognized as a health benefit on extended health plans. And um, one of the things, um, Another healer and myself in Winnipeg will be starting a nonprofit coalition to help lobby some of the insurance companies to adopt Reiki as a practice covered just like massage therapy on plans. In Health Science Center, they have a center. It used to be called the Rainbow Room. Now I think it's the Relaxation Center or something. But you can go as a Reiki practitioner and volunteer your time. And doctors and nurses come in there all the time to receive treatments. I mean, there's a lot of medical professionals that are very open-minded for these type of modalities and truly believe that's all part of the healing. It's part of the package. It's not like, come and see me. I'm going to cure you of your element. It's not the case. But what can I do? I can help you with your energy. I can I can go inside. I can see what's going on in your energy centers. We can pull some things out. Um, we work with realms. A lot of the stuff that we pull out, You don't have to relive or feel, especially if it's trauma, PTSD, severe abuse, addiction issues. You don't have to relive it. We can help start pulling these things out and imprinting positive things for you to help in combination with all the other treatments that you're receiving. And that's where, again, like it's real. This is real. I've used it for myself. I've used it on family members. I've had clients over the years. I've taught the modalities. Um, I mean, I know the power behind them. It's 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 a niche, just like anybody, anything else. You know, we all, I always believe we all come in with something. You know, you have a child and they're struggling in their teens. What are they going to do with their lives? Or they're a little lost in their 20s. And, you know, friends of mine, I've always said, you know what? Just hold space. Give them the time. They will find their footing because they have a special gift for this world. At some point in time, it will ignite and they will find it and they'll move into it. Everybody comes in with that. So that's, you know, sort of going off in a bit of a tangent there. (laughs) (laughs) That's allowed. (laughs) The roundabout picture of what this is all about, really. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, it's funny <laughs> you went off on a tangent because that's what you do when you're having a conversation and you, you, you start down a path and then you get lost. And it's like, oh, okay, wait a minute. Let's go back to what we were talking about. So no, absolutely. You're right. All of us have a special gift. 
You know, they, sometimes we don't realize what it is. And sometimes we don't find out what that gift is until you're in your sixties, like, like I am. And then you realize it's like, okay, this is my purpose. This is my gift. And, you know, better late than never, I suppose. But I suppose I've, I've had it all along. I just never recognized it. I never put any credence to it. And I, I didn't say, oh, that's what makes me special is that. But when I, when I think back over the years of things that I've done and, you know, my experiences, it, 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 it definitely all adds up. But, you know, I, I, I want to, I want to touch on the idea that, you know, when it comes to energy and it comes to feeling more like yourself, when I was going through my incident, well, not really an incident, but I wasn't sure if it was psoriasis or dermatitis or there was no definite answer as to what I was, what was going on, but I ended up going to see a naturopath. I went to see an osteopath. I also had some theta healing done. And because I wasn't getting the answers from the medical or the Western medical world. And I mean, they were helping me in a sense, but it wasn't enough. And I needed to know more. I needed to know what I can do with moving on. And what they gave me is, I mean, they didn't cure anything, but what they gave me is the knowledge about what was going on and the path that I could take to heal myself in a sense of doing what I needed to do. And so with the naturopath, it's, you know, reducing stress, you know, autoimmune diet or anti-inflammatory, not autoimmune diet, sorry, anti-inflammatory diet, <laughs> thinking about what, what am I putting in my body? Because that also can affect your energy. You know, I love coffee, no surprise, but if I drink too much coffee, and I know I've said there's no such thing as too much coffee, but if I drink too much coffee, it is going to affect my energy. Just like if I were to drink alcohol, it's affecting my energy. If I'm not getting enough sleep, it's going to affect my energy. So I need to do what is best for me to keep my energy flowing because when my energy is flowing, I am at my best. I am functioning in the way that I'm supposed to function. And with my energy, because generators, they, they are energy, they, they put out energy and they attract energy to them. So I, so if I'm putting out good energy, I'm going to attract good energy to me. I'm going to make those connections with people like the connection I made with you is I'm putting out the energy and it's like, yes, I want to know more, I believe. And because of that, I was able to get the information, the readings from my sister and my mom that gave me that sense of, you know, understanding a little bit more, you know, like with my sister, you, you mentioned a little while ago about sometimes the spirits are coming back to apologize or to say sorry for something. And that's what my sister did. You know, she wanted to say how she was sorry and that she was proud of me and, and so on. And because, you know, she and I had a bit of a, a fractious relationship, you know, she was seven years older, she's my half sister. And so we never really had an easy time through our lives, but I was able to connect with her at the end before she died so I, I can see why she wanted to feel that she needed to make amends with me. And, and I felt that, and, and it actually did give me that sense of peace. And I hope that it also gave her some peace as well. And it would, 
it would have. You know, when we, we pass away and we go to the other side, we can see things from so many different angles that we don't always have that sight when we're here living here. You know, it's like you have the friend that will present a different angle for a problem that you're looking at and you go, oh, but when you get over there, it's like, it's like this whole peripheral. They see the interconnectedness of why the relationships were like that, how it got there, um, maybe what path they could have taken to make it better, or, you know, it could have gone way worse too. That's the other side of the coin, right? So quite often they come back and they just, they want to let you know. And the, the vast majority of spirits that I've had the pleasure of reading through, they come through with um, so much love and encouragement for people, for their loved ones. I mean, it's just phenomenal. Like it's really, really phenomenal. So my mother and father, a couple of years before COVID um, started down that whole dementia rabbit hole. And for probably six to seven years, I was a primary caregiver because, of course, this was all through COVID uh, for both of them. And it was a bit of a ride. I have siblings. They did what they could. But due to restrictions with COVID and a whole variety of other personal stuff, I became a primary. And my parents were married for 60 plus years. They loved each other very much. We used to tease them to death saying they were the Bickersons when they were, you know, here. They always did their best as parents. You know, we're never perfect. Every child sees something different. Um, but we do our best, right? Because it's our heart. And um, when they passed, they believed there's either heaven or hell. And they crossed over within three weeks of each other. And it was a very good learning opportunity for me watching someone's people so close to me that I love so much go through all this and transition, let alone the whole journey with dementia. And when they got their footing and came back, and they're with me all the time, they're still with me now. They're actually two of my guides, which is why they wanted me to talk about them a little bit here today. They saw something so, so different than what they could see in real life. You know, they saw that really everybody has the opportunity to go to heaven. Anything that you perceive as a sin in life is really an opportunity for growth and learning for the soul. Um, the soul loves, I hate to say it, they love those kinds of experiences because they get to go to the depth of the darkness and then learn from it and come back and find the light. Like really think about it. It's just this big game. Right. And, um, they were really surprised and they're so loving and so generous and they were in life, but even so much more in spirit, you know, and they see where, you know, maybe they would have wished they had done things a little different with certain things, but yeah, it's okay. You know, that's just the way it goes. So it happens with everyone, you know, and you know, my brothers might listen to this episode and go, oh my God, there's my sister again. <laughs> but for so long, I never spoke of a lot of this stuff because it just was too out there. Now, like you say, you get a little older in life. 
I get the sense that this is really important to be out there now and be public with it. And it's okay. So I guess we'll see how that unfolds. So, you know, for those who have lost loved ones, you know, especially children, you know, if you've lost a child, you know, no, most children really do go home to God and they're well cared for and they're loved and they grow up on the other side and they stay with you and they're always with you, you know, and, you know, you go to that movie Ghost where Demi's, you know, doing her clay and he's there in spirit and she's crying because she's thinking about him, but she's thinking about him because he's so close to her in spirit. He's literally there. So if you're going about your day and then all of a sudden your loved one pops in, know that they're there, they're, they're there. They want you to know, take that as a comfort. You know, I mean, it makes you sad because you miss their physical body but know their energy and who they are, are still with you. They see everything, you know, and they see, they show it the littlest signs. You know, for me, it's birds. When my father crossed over, I had been with him all day. I came home for some supper and they called and said, you know, he's close. And I said, okay, I'll be right there. Trying to get into my car, a bird tried to get inside my car with me. And shoot it away. I'm like, come on, I got to go. Like, I don't have time for this. I got to get back, you know. And by the time I got there, of course, he was already crossed over. And it really bothered me. And then I had a reading with a very ethical medium a year later. And um, she talked about birds because after that, I see birds everywhere. Like, literally, I tease my girlfriends. I'm like Snow White. I lay in the backyard. They'll come and land on me. It's the most bizarre thing. But it's my father letting me know he's still with me. It was him saying, I'm free. Like, you know, the bird is a representation. I'm free now. I'm free of this life. And it's okay. But I'm still here. So it's it's things like that. You know, it sounds almost cheesy and made up. But it's real. It's very real. People talk about dimes. Oh, my goodness. For the longest time, my husband and I would find dimes in the weirdest place in the house. And I, I, one day I was in my bedroom and I bent down and there's a dime. Like, I was just here and it wasn't here. And I started laughing. He comes in. He says, would you just tell them to start dropping hundreds instead of dimes? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Christine, I was just thinking about that exact thing about dimes. I was just going to mention that because the same thing, if I see a dime and, and I find them like in the weirdest places, you know, and I see, I see a dime. And as soon as I see that dime, I said, I know somebody's thinking about me. That's the first thought that comes, there's somebody's thinking about me. And it's not someone here. It's someone in the afterlife that is thinking about me. And how do they do that? Materialize it out of thin air. I'm like, how do you do that? I still don't know. The best I've gotten is it's the easiest thing to do because it's light. <laughs> this is true. You talk about as thin as a dime, right? <laughs> now I'm with your husband. Start throwing hundreds. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, where's the money? <laughs> but also people will find feathers. You know, feathers will have a meaning, I guess, maybe from, you know, the indigenous culture, perhaps. But there's another word that is really kind of cool. It's a talisman. 
right? And the idea, you know, like when you talk about, you know, witches and they, they had, it's usually witches would have a cat, right? A, and not necessarily a black cat, but every, they have a talisman. They have something that, that's connecting them with the other world. You know, um, you were talking about yourself being as a conduit. So a conduit is, is, is sharing. Like when you think about wires, wires are a conduit bringing electricity from one point to another. So the conduit in this case is that it's connecting you to something else. So it's connecting you to the spirit world. It's connecting you to your own spirit that you're thinking about, whatever that is. You know, and, and you were talking about your, your parents being with you when I had my reading the first time and my mom and my dad, my dad was there, but he didn't really say much. It was mostly my mom, but yeah, I feel her all the time. And strangely enough, so our dog, uh, Jersey, which was my daughter's dog, Jersey, we had to put her down. Seems like it's been forever since we had to put her down, but I still feel her in the house I'll come in and usually when we come in, she'll be at the back door and she's wagging her tail and she's barking. It's like, hi, I want to see you. I'll come in and sometimes I'll say, hi, Jersey, you know, as if she's standing there waiting for me to play with her or give her food or, you know, do something with her. But yeah, I can feel her presence still in the house. And animals are um, very sensitive to the other side, very sensitive. And you know, Jersey is there. If you come in and you feel that they are there. Period of time when my daughter was a little younger, she would often see um, spirits and ghosts and things of that nature. So I had to do some basic explaining to her. And I remember once I was downstairs and I was I was working on some CGA courses, and we had had a dog with us for a while. It was a great big, some kind of a mix, but he was big. He was about 80, 90 pounds, large dog. We had to have him put down. And she came downstairs and she's going, oh, Shy's right here laying with you. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I could. And it was like, I wasn't even really thinking. I was doing my course. And I'm going, yeah, I know. Shy's right here. Like I could feel him without even realizing and we have a 16-year-old Border Collie, and we used to have um, a smaller dog. He was like a Shih Tzu cross, and his name was Smitty. And Smitty, funny, you know, animals get little funny quirks. He used to love going in our front hall closet and laying down. I don't, I know, a little odd little, little guy. And he was the sweetest thing. He'd run, he'd look like a rabbit hopping. And my border collie would often go and flush him out. So she'd open the closet door. Border collies are quite smart. She'd open the door and she'd flush him out. And every once in a while, she'll be laying there sleeping and she'll get up and she'll walk over and she'll open that closet door still and walk in there and then come back out. And it's like, Smitty's here. <laughs> He's back in his favorite little hole. <laughs> so, I mean... You know, they're very sensitive to these things. In our home, if things get a like if I have a lot of workers coming in doing work on the house, like we had some uh, renovations done recently. And, you know, my husband phoned me at work. He's like, Mandy, our dog, she won't go in the, she won't go into the living room, which is where she primarily stays on her bed. She won't go in the living room. She wants to stay in the kitchen and she does not stand well on a kitchen floor because of her older arthritic legs. And I said, okay, when I get home, I'll, I'll see what's going on. And I come in and it's like 
like there is a whole bunch of things, entities and things in our living room. I mean, I just cleared them out and got everything resettled. And then she came back in and went in her bed. But that whole day, she would not go in the living room. My husband would try and get her to go in and she'd go in and she'd leave again. She didn't want to be there. I mean, they just, they know when things aren't 100% right. And then once it cleared, she came in and it's like, oh, thanks, mom's home. <laughs> She'll fix it. <laughs> well, you know, animals and children, animals and children are open to uh, to everything because they, well, animals, of course, are don't have anything that, that causes them to change. They're just open all the time because they don't know any different. But, but children, you know, I, I guess when children grow up and they start thinking about, oh, you know, this is nonsense or this doesn't believe or whatever it is, you know, they, they kind of lose that sense of believing. But prior to that, it's they're open to everything, you know, like my granddaughter, she'll come up with the weirdest things. And my husband, I'll tell, I'll, I'll share that with my husband. He's like, where is she coming up with this stuff? And I ask her and she just kind of shrugs, like she, she doesn't really know where it is, but she just knows that she's coming up with these things. And it just, it's just hilarious to, to learn from her because I know that you think, well, how am I learning from a five-year-old? But I learn every day. I learn every day something, something about her that is teaching me something. And isn't that the gift of children though, eh? We think we're the ones teaching them, but it's a two-way street. Right. I mean, I've learned so much from my children growing up and watching them and going, hmm, yeah, <laughs> they really do know what they're talking about. And they do. You know, if, if a child is like, there's something in my closet. Well, you know what, mom, there, there probably is. And it's not a bad thing. They're just picking up on a spirit, you know, and it's easy to dismiss them. But you can do simple things with children. You know, you say, well, you know what? Okay, then let's put an angel statue beside your bed. And, you know, when you feel like that, just talk to your angel, right? I mean, little things to bring them comfort. And and those are little symbolic things, right? Crystal and put it in their room. Um, it's just enough to make them feel safe. You know, quite often children get scared when they see these things and they don't understand. So it's trying to create that sense of safety, you know, um, you don't have to get into it. You don't have to, you know, become sensitive to it. You don't have to deal with it. You don't have to do anything. You know, you just, it's sort of that comfort and they do, you know, you see that with children a lot. They're quite open, just like animals. I know that she was talking about, it's not necessarily a monster under her bed, um, but it's something there that she's scared of. And I keep telling her, well, there's nothing bad there, but she senses that there is. And then she was trying to make a joke out of it. Uh, she said, yeah. And, and, uh, and they eat little girls with uh, blonde hair and blue eyes. <laughs> and she said, I want to change my eye color. And then she says, just kidding. <laughs> you say, well, then let's dye your hair. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, there are little things that you can do to, to bring your comfort for that. Get a little crystal and say, you know what? We're going to put this crystal under your bed and that's going to keep you safe from them. And put a little statue or get her to pick out something that's going to make her feel safe at her, the side of her bed. And, you know, and when you feel scared like that, just talk to your little angel statue, whatever it is she's chosen and know that crystal under your bed is going to keep you safe. You know, it's little things like that. It brings them comfort 
you know, and crystals do have very strong property warding properties. You know, it's really a pretty rock. My husband's like, oh, we're going to another rock show. No, <laughs> it's not a rock show. <laughs> but, you know, I understand where you're coming from. Boy, I'm such a trooper, he'll say. <laughs> and yeah, he is. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I have them all over. I remember my my daughter's friends were, would come over, or my son's friends, and they'd say, why does your mom got rocks all over our house? <laughs> They're like, that's ah, just what she's into, <laughs> you know, but it does help sort of keep things moving and clear. And It does. It does. Absolutely. You know, uh, lately I've been drawn to amethyst and I've been looking for some reason, I, I was looking for a bracelet that was just amethyst, nothing else, just amethyst. And I was having a time, I couldn't find anything. And then I was at this market, um, it was last Friday, actually, and I went out of my way to make sure that I was at this market. And I walked by this table, and there, there it was. There was a bracelet on the table that was amethyst, and then it had the little connector. Um, it was a little a gold piece, and I and I haven't looked carefully to see what was on there, but I want to say maybe it's a sun or something like that. But it was like, yep, that was the only one on the table. And I, I bought it, of course, but I don't know. I, I, don't, I can't explain why lately I've just been drawn to, to amethyst. And I know I think amethyst has some healing properties. So maybe that's what it is, is, is. That's what I need. The reason why you're drawn to amethyst right now is because you're, you're opening up your extra senses to this other world. So we have energy centers in, in our body and there's seven of them in the body. And then there are energy centers outside of our body and our aura. But the primary ones are they're called chakras. Um, they help depending on the where the chakra is located. They're related to certain organs in the body. But like in Hinduism, there's your third eye. You know, where you've seen the dot, here is your third eye. That's sort of like your your extra sense of seeing and your knowing. And then your crown chakra, which is here. And this is the energy center that opens up and connects through to, you know, all there is above us, including all the way up to God source. Amethyst um, has properties that trigger and help with the, these openings. So I'm not surprised, Jenny, that you'd be drawn to that. You know, and then when you need something else, then you're working on something else, you'll be drawn to a different type of um, gemstone or precious gemstone, you know, so it really depends what you're working on. So I'm not so sushi to that. I thought, well, that, that makes sense. <laughs> like, I can understand. And, you know, it was there waiting for you, right? Like it had your name on it. <laughs> you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, it was just so weird because... I was supposed to go to the market because they're, they're having it every Friday in the summer. And I was supposed to go last Friday and I didn't have a chance. And I thought, okay, well, this Friday for sure, I have to go. And and yeah, so I mean, it it, it made sure that I was there for a reason because there it was. And and I am starting to believe, and, and maybe I have believed this for a while, that there's no such thing as an accident, that things are there for a reason. But it's there to find it when we're ready to find it. It's not always there for us. Exactly. It's the next step on your journey of the big game we love to play when we come to Earth. And that's <laughs> really what it comes down to. 
And when you can get to a point and you get to the point where you go, okay, man, I just went through a lot of heavy stuff and I'm out the other side and I look back and go, oh my goodness. And then you start seeing the humor in it and you can start seeing the lessons you got from it and the joy from it. That's when it becomes really fun. And that's why I love this stuff. Because as a soul, we love coming to earth. We love doing this. Even if when you're coming into a war-torn zone, it doesn't feel like it when you're walking through it. But when you come back, you go, oh, you know, and when we leave our body, um, we we leave those senses right behind. So you're not reliving all those feelings and senses once you transition back home with creator and God source and come back. So you're not re-experiencing all that. You're seeing it from a different angle. So, and that's where, you know, when we do this stuff, I mean, it can become quite funny. Like I find spirit, they're, they're pretty funny. I mean, they, they have such a spin on things sometimes because they like, you know, will roll their eyes at us. Like, how many times do we have to tell you, but we'll tell you again, (laughs) you know, until you're ready to take that step and do what we're suggesting. We'll keep at it, right? It's kind of like a parent with a kid, that sort of thing. You know, you're absolutely right. And, and, you know, you're talking about learning. We learn from children, we learn from dogs and animals and others and spirits. And, you know, life is just a constant learning experience. And uh, on that note, I want to say, I have learned so much from our conversation today and, and learned so much from what you were able to share with us. And, and, you know, and, the, and that's the thing with knowledge is that you develop this thirst and you want more and more and more. And so I know we're going to connect in other ways to learn more about, you know, the idea of energy healing and Reiki and anything else that, um, that, you know, can, can help me in my journey and also be able to share that with others. So I just want to say thank you so much, Christine, for being on here today and, and sharing your knowledge, your experience, and, and just teaching us a little bit more about the outer world, the afterlife, the energy, you know, whatever you want to call it, energy's all around us, whether we believe any of it or not. And it's just whether we're ready to accept it and perhaps not even do anything about it, but just know that, you know, we have our loved ones around us and sometimes that's just enough. Exactly. Thank you so much, Jenny. It's been a pleasure being here. It's been a lot of fun. I feel like we've been <laughs> having coffee. So it's just, it's so much fun chatting about this stuff and I really appreciate the opportunity. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much. So before I let you go, tell us how we can connect with you and perhaps get our own reading. Yeah, sure. So at Energy Oasis, we're actually running starting this month on August 15th until the end of December. We're running biweekly mediumship readings. So if you're someone who wants to try a mediumship reading without having to book a full session and pay a full price, we're offering two 20-minute readings with two different mediums. Every second Tuesday, starting August 15th, for $25. Uh, 
So you get a sample of what it's like. And then if it's something that you want to have a little bit more of, you can book individual readings after that. But it gives people an opportunity to really kind of get a feel of what mediumship is about. Mm -hmm. And that's how you and I connected because Irene was offering something on her, on her own Facebook page that they were doing this kind of um, a trial and, and basically looking for guinea pigs. I'm just going to put that out there. So I'm like, okay, I'll be a guinea pig. You know, it's funny. I, I initially connected with Raven. And then when she realized that we had this connection because she used to play soccer with my daughter, she said, you know, I'm sorry, I can't do your reading. And then that's how I connected with you. And so, yeah, anybody, anybody listening, you know, it's whether you believe or not, it's a, it's a great experience and who knows, you might learn something different and you might be able to connect with a loved one that you've missed. So thank you for sharing that, uh, Christine. And thank you again for being on and sharing all your knowledge and, you know, experience and stories and, and really just giving us more to know and, and to learn because, I also want to know more and I know that we'll connect in a, in a different way and, and connect about more, more things when it comes to energy and to knowing more about the spirit world. Yes. I look forward to that, Jenny. Thank you so much for having me again. You're welcome. It was been, it's been a pleasure. So until next time, think about connecting with energy oasis wellness therapy and booking a reading and, whether you're a skeptic, whether you don't believe it, whether you are wanting to know more, and maybe you've been thinking about different signs that you've been seeing and knowing that there's someone that you're thinking about, book a reading and who knows, you may be able to connect with someone, a loved one that has long gone, or perhaps learn a little bit more about yourself. And if you'd like to know more about energy healing, more about anything to do with the spirit world with knowing more about your chakras and about yourself, please connect with Christine, with Irene, with Karen, and I'll have the information in my show notes about how to connect with Energy Oasis Wellness Therapy. Thanks so much for listening. If you like Coffee with Jenny B and want to know more, connect with Jenny on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. That's Jenny with a G. Until then, all you need is joy and more coffee. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at averyrich.com.